the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So we had his breaking news today, right before the show began, uh, documents that came out of Atlanta, uh, basically the behind-the-scenes documents about how the grand jury deliberated before filing uh, the indictment against Donald Trump and, what, 18 supposed co-conspirators. And what this report showed <laughs> is that, and we all thought, 18 co-conspirators, like, what? Like, couldn't you have pared that down a little bit? Like, anybody who basically Trump copied on a tweet about the Georgia election results got charged. No, 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 not so fast. The grand jury wanted to charge more people, including sitting Senator Lindsey Graham, former Georgia senators Kelly Leffler and David Perdue, as well as General Michael Flynn. The trumped-up charges on Michael Flynn for uh, what? not failing to register as a foreign agent or whatever the heck it was that he may have done, but Hunter Biden has certainly done. Flynn was charged. Biden wasn't and likely won't be. So they wanted to charge a bunch more people. So that is the breaking news of the day. Uh, Look, I mean, is it breaking news that the Atlanta prosecution of Donald Trump is corrupt? No, because we've known it's corrupt. Okay, but here is what's breaking news, I thought. And I'm shocked this isn't getting more attention. We're two years out from the botched, feckless, cowardly withdrawal of the American military from Afghanistan. This was 100% a Joe Biden disaster. He was counseled against it. And remember, they told us, no, 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 the generals didn't recommend anything different. No, everybody was on board. That was the lie they told us, right? Just like the lie they told us that Biden's doing all he can to lower gas prices. Biden's doing everything he can to secure the border. And nobody's done more to secure the border than Joe Biden. Nobody, 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 right? Well, and and then the lie the other day that, oh, 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 he walked out of the Medal of Honor ceremony, but that was planned. It was pre-planned. He was going to walk out where there was a pause in the ceremony. Like, come on. He pinned the medal on the guy, and he's like, okay, I'm out of here. And he, like, walks off, and again... Watch the video. The photographer, the female photographer in the back of the room, dressed in black slacks and a black blouse, looking at him as he walks by is everything you need to know about whether that was planned or not. She's looking at him like, this is the president of the United States. He's like, arm's length away from me. I could take a swing at this guy if I wanted to. There's no secret service near him. Like, he just wanders off. And Corinne Jean-Pierre, the liar-in-chief, has the temerity to say, oh, it's all planned. It's a plan. No, not planned. But I cannot believe that in the wake of the interview I saw last night between Jennifer Griffin of Fox and General Kenneth McKenzie, who was the commander of the forces in Afghanistan, I cannot believe this is not breaking news because 
As I said, they've lied to us about this Afghanistan withdrawal, telling us an extraordinary success. There was nothing they could do to prevent it. They don't have any regrets because it was well. It was the best, best job they could have ever done. It was an exemplary job. We got 100,000 people out of there. It was just rosy. And if you don't think so, you're an idiot. Well, apparently, uh, General McKenzie must be concerned about his eternal future because now he appears to be motivated to finally tell the truth about it. Here's how the interview with Jennifer Griffin started last night. General McKenzie, it's been two years since the Afghan withdrawal was complete. You've had a lot of time to think about what could have been done differently. Do you have any regrets? I have a lot of regrets about, uh, about how it ended in Afghanistan. I have a regret with a basic decision, which I think was the wrong decision. And I, have a, and I particularly regret that we did not choose to begin to evacuate our people, our, our embassy personnel, our American citizens, and our at-risk Afghans at the time we made the decision to bring out our combat forces. I think that was a serious mistake, and I think that led to the events of August 2021 directly. Wow. <laughs> wow. I have a lot of regrets. It was the wrong decision to get out. I regret that we didn't evacuate our people sooner. How many times was this narrative raised by Republicans that we left translators and people who helped us there? And we kept hearing from the administration. Nope, 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 nope. Or we'll get them all out. Don't worry. We'll get them all out. And then we heard stories of incredible courage and valor of American citizens and former service personnel who financed rescue operations on their own to go in behind enemy lines, knowing they could be not just killed, but tortured for trying to rescue Afghans to whom they felt undying loyalty. Otherwise, they wouldn't have gone back in there to get them out. Oh, no, you're wrong. No, no, no. Here's McKenzie, the commander, going, yeah, we screwed that up. We shouldn't have tried to get out the way we did, and we certainly should have gotten the people out before we pulled our military out. All right, is that the end of it? No! No, he's got more to say. Here's Jennifer Griffin on whether, in hindsight, he would do anything differently. Is there anything you could have done differently? You always look back anytime you lose people and you wonder if you could have done things differently. And I, I am haunted by that. I think about it quite a bit. It's one of the many regrets that I have. I examine everything we did. I think about it, particularly in the month of August of every year for the rest of my life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about this very hard. Okay, so he didn't really get into a lot of specifics there on what he would have done differently. But he gets into specifics here about mistakes that were made by the State Department. This would be an easy question for him to go, oh, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not, you know, I don't do that. It's not my thing. I'm chain of command. I'm going to stay in my lane. No, no, no. That's not what he chose to do. Do you blame the State Department for delays that led to the chaos we saw at the airport? Ambassadors want to stay on until the very end and often push that decision until you're in an in extremist situation. I think it's a case of American exceptionalism or American arrogance, depending on your perspective, to believe that you can actually withdraw beaten from the field of battle and still maintain a large political platform in the country you're, you're actually retreating from. I go back to the basic decision to wait so very late to begin to bring people out after we had already given away Bagram Airfield, after we had already drawn down to a very low footprint in the country. I think those were the decisions that led to the scenes at, uh, at the airport in, uh, in Kabul. He's the first guy 
I've heard who wears a uniform to say that vacating Bagram Air Force Base was a mistake. It clearly was a mistake. We all knew it was a mistake. You've got a secure airfield out in the middle of relatively nowhere where you can see your enemy coming from all directions for miles away, and you chose to give that up to orchestrate an exit from a hostile territory from inside the most populous city in the country where the Taliban, oh, by the way, your enemy for the past 20 years, was charged with providing security outside the airport. It was self-evident that was a colossal mistake, and yet they all said, no, 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 no. Much better from Harmat Kazai Airport, thankfully. And here's the phrase in there that might have escaped you. Beaten from the field of battle. Beaten from the field of battle. He's acknowledging it as a political defeat. Joe Biden never has. Here's the final question to General McKenzie and his response. In your opinion, should the U.S. still have troops in Afghanistan today from a national security perspective? That was my recommendation then. I see no reason to change that recommendation now. How do you think history will treat the withdrawal and President Biden's decision to bring all U.S. troops home from Afghanistan? I believe history is going to view the decision to come out of Afghanistan in the way that we did and the manner that we were directed to come out uh, as a fatal flaw. And I think history is going to be very hard on that. Wow. As of the decision to get out, how we got out as a fatal flaw. Well, the decision to get out was 100% Joe Biden's. The way they got out was largely Joe Biden's. A fatal flaw. And the history will be very, very hard on that. As it should be, by the way. As it should be. I wish I could say with certainty that Joe Biden will not return as president in 2025. I wish I could say with certainty that no Democrat will return as president in 2025. I don't think Biden will be the nominee. What I can say with certainty is that his descent into irrelevancy as president began with that Afghan withdrawal. Well, as we end the week... um, I'm looking through my headlines here to see if I missed anything major today. We touched on the uh, how it started, how it's going with the uh, crazy liberal woman in Minneapolis who was ready to defund the police until, oh, she got mugged by teenagers. And now she's all about the Minneapolis police and she can't thank the police enough. Similar to the mayor of New York, mayor of Chicago, mayor of L.A. They want to be sanctuary cities. Oh, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free. Until they're tired and poor and yearning to uh, consume a lot of your city resources. And then, oh, we got to get rid of these people. What's going on here? Yeah, there's that. Uh, There is, of course, the matter of school vouchers, popular with parents. We said they were. And they're still lying about school vouchers. They're still telling you that it takes money away from public schools, which it doesn't. Just like they're still lying to you about abortion, which is like, oh, the abortion amendment in Ohio. Well, that's not going to have anything to do with transgenderism. No, they're totally separate. No, 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 no. They're going to sneak that in because it's going to be part of a medical decision. And, oh, medical decisions should be made by the child. And if they can decide on a pregnancy and terminating a pregnancy without parental approval, then, I mean, they can do the same on a sex change surgery if they're a minor. Do not give an inch because they will take a mile. 
And you will say, well, I didn't intend for it to be this. No, you didn't intend for it to be that, but you can bet they did. So the times are dire, the headlines are depressing, and the consequences are uh, very, very, very grave. So it's important to end the week with uh, a bit of a lighter touch, although this may not be that much of a lighter touch, because while it is easy to make fun and sport of our vice president, the stark reality is she is extremely close to being the president of the United States. I heard Hugh Hewitt say today, we have never been more leaderless than we are right now. Do you think Joe Biden is running the country? Really running the country. You see him on TV, like the few times you see him on TV, which, by the way, I think for any president, we have never seen less of the current president than we see with Joe Biden. There are days in the middle of the week that he does nothing. He does nothing or he will have one event. President is a go, 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 go position. Okay, it is like a very taxing, very demanding endeavor. He rarely is seen before noon. He is rarely seen after like five o'clock. And when he comes back from India, he will no doubt take, what, another beach vacation? He was on vacation in Delaware for more than 20 of the 31 days in August. So Kamala Harris, I thought it was interesting when she was in, where did you say she was, Alan? Some summit conference of Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia. Indonesia. Was that where she was? Uh, I think maybe Indonesia. At any rate, she... uh, openly answered the hypothetical question about, are you ready to be president of the United States? Now, the way to answer that question is to say, well, that's a hypothetical question, and I'm certainly not going to answer it because Joe Biden is robust and healthy, and he will be the president not just for the rest of this term, but for the next term. You say that whether you believe it or not, because you don't want foreign leaders to think that you, as the person who's a heartbeat away from the Oval Office, is thinking or has thought about the guy who's ahead of you keeling over dead or being unable to continue in office. But if there's one thing Kamala Harris has proved over the years, the last two years in particular, two plus years, it is that she is not very bright. Look, I don't say that because she's a woman. I don't say that because she's black. I say that because she's dumb. She's not very bright for no other reason than she's dumb. There are black women who would make great presidents. Condoleezza Rice is one of them. Perhaps one day with a little more legislative experience, Winsome Sears will be one of them. Kamala Harris is not one of them. If you need proof, I have an arsenal of it. Everything is in context. My mother used to, she would give us a hard time sometimes and she would say to us, I don't know what's wrong with you young people. You think you just fell out of a coconut tree? You exist in the context of all in which you live and what came before you. You exist in the context of all that came before you and in which you live. I, <laughs> Alan, I, I'm open to an interpretation. I have none. No. Uh, here she is on a uh, another epic rant that left all who heard it. Mystified. Right. Well, I think culture is 
it is a reflection of our moment and our time, right? And 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 <laughs> present culture is the way we express how we're feeling about the moment. And oh, and we should always find times to express how we feel about the moment. That is a reflection of joy, because you know, it comes in the morning. <laughs> uh. <laughs> we have, we have to, to also express. <laughs> the way we feel about the moment in terms of just having language and, and, and a connection to how people are experiencing life. And I think about it in that way, too. Oh, well, okay. Hey, she used the word think. She thinks about it. She's thinking. I have heard uh, numerous descriptions for how she speaks. Trump, famously, on his uh, interview with Tucker Carlson, said she speaks in rhyme. And Tucker was like, in rhyme? And I don't think Trump meant in rhyme because, you know, the wheels on the bus go this way and this way. <laughs> it's actually like one of the funniest things Trump said in that interview. I have heard it said that she speaks as if she's teaching a first grade class all the time. Yeah, but she'd confuse the first She would graders. confuse the first graders, of course, but she's making an effort to try to be more expansive and expound on topics that would leave the first graders with their eyes glazed over. But the best description I've heard of her speaking style is that she speaks like a person asked to give a book report on a book she hasn't read. Yes. That is a hundred percent how she speaks. She speaks as if she's a person asked to give a book report on a book she has not read. I love Venn diagrams. Is there a Venn diagram for this? We're proud of our vice president. She's incredibly eloquent. Venn diagram, those three circles, right? I'm telling you, it, it, it's fascinating. We're proud of our vice president. Yeah, that's a Democratic strategist who uh, I interspersed with Kamala, continuing to talk incessantly about Venn diagrams. She's fascinated by electric school buses, Venn diagrams, and endless rants and word salads that mean absolutely nothing. She's at the Association of Southeast Asian Nations Summit. Can you imagine how many people at the Association of Southeast Asian Summits have, after she's spoken into a microphone for 45 seconds of utter nonsense, look at each other as if, wait a minute, I didn't understand a word of that. I had a translator in my ear. I'm hearing my translator on my headphones. But and the other thing is, could what she says be accurately translated right. by someone. Because, you know, there's there are languages that you can't always translate word for word. What she says in English, I was going to say makes sense, but it doesn't. It might sound like it should make sense, but we all know it doesn't. Can you imagine her giving a State of the Union? Oh, Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.